Chapter Twelve of William Again by Rick Crompton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twelve. William sells the twins. William and Ginger, William's faithful friend and ally, were in a state of bankruptcy. They lacked even the paltry tuppence necessary to buy sweets in these days of inflated prices, and life was unendurable they had approached the adult members of their respective families only to meet that callousness and indifference so characteristic of adults in their dealings with the young they sat in the open space of ground behind ginger's house and solemnly considered their assets asset one an india-rubber ball with a hole in it which they had offered to the boy next door for sixpence and which he had refused asset two a pansy root surreptitiously taken from william's father's garden they had taken this to the local nursery gardener and offered it to him for fivepence halfpenny they had afterwards retrieved it from the gutter whither that irascible man had flung it in indignant fury asset three the twins the twins really belonged to ginger that is to say they were ginger's cousins and were paying a visit to ginger's family they had been there a week now and to ginger it had been a very long week on their arrival he had found to his horror that he was expected to take an interest in them even to the extent of taking them about with him wherever he went he had almost become accustomed by now to their continual presence but still he disliked them intensely in all his daring adventures and escapades and games he was to be hampered by the two of them george and john both placid both plump both three and a half years old he had to listen to william's comments on their appearances and mental powers comments with which he privately agreed but which for the sake of the honour of his family he was obliged to resent and avenge Today, to add insult to injury his mother had told him to see that they kept clean as their mother was coming to take them home that afternoon that at any rate was a blessing it would be the last day of his persecution but the ignominy that a desperate bravado should have to spend his noble energy keeping children clean george and john were sitting now on the ground pulling up bits of grass and eating them william and ginger watched them scornfully pity we can't make a bit of money out of em said william no agreed ginger they've been enough trouble a speculative look came into william's eye if we lived in historical times he said we might have sold em as slaves like what miss jones told us about ginger gasped at the daring idea then his eye fell upon them gloomily no one would have bought em he said no one what knew em as well as i do you silly said william they wouldn't know them they just see em in a kind of particular place and think they looked nice well they don't or cheap and just buy em well what for fancy anyone paying money for them for those you're so silly said william patiently they'd just buy em once when they were quite little and just pay once for em and then have em all the rest of their lives to do work for em and they'd never pay any more after they'd just paid for em once see ginger brightened do you think any one would he said 
william replied with superior scorn if you'd been listening in history today, you'd know that people don't do it now someone or other stopped em ginger considered this deeply you never know he said it might be coming in fashion again things do we might try it you never know someone might just like the look of em or think em cheap or even william was horrified yes he broke in and then when we've sold em what'll you say to their mother just you tell me that what do you say to their mother when you've sold em ginger had been considering deeply and suddenly his brow cleared i know we could watch where they took em to the ones that bought em and rescue em for anyone knows anything about it sounds all right said william guardedly ginger turned to his charges you'd like to be slaves wouldn't you he asked brightly and persuasively yes chorused george and john you see said ginger triumphantly to william i'll go and fix things up it's worth trying anyway sounds all right said william again doubtfully and added gloomily out of the vast store of his experience but you never know where things ends a few minutes later ginger brought two large luggage labels each inscribed slave cheap and on the back of each label was printed six and a half pence he fastened a label to each twin's neck to their riotous delight then they sat on the open space by the roadside awaiting customers but it seemed to be a slack time for the slave trade only three people passed and they did not even look at the patient group of four eager small boys the procedure had been explained to george and john as far as their infant intelligences could absorb it and they expressed themselves willing and anxious to be sold and rescued at last when they were tired of waiting a fourth passer-by appeared an old man walking very slowly william taking his courage in both hands approached him do you want a slave he asked ah said the old man do you want a slave what said the old man do you want a slave repeated william slowly speak up speak up said the old man irritably can't you see that i'm deaf what do you want what do you want william whose nerves were suffering from the repetition of the question cleared his throat and shouted again hoarsely do you want a slave the old man snorted want a shave want a shave he said angrily no i don't want a shave you impudent little boy you little rascal he made a feint at william with his stick then went off muttering to himself william slightly shaken by the encounter returned to his friends it's no good doing it this way he said despondently we shall have to take them round to people's houses by what they do brushes and things the twins gave a scream of delight at the suggestion then they trotted off happily george holding ginger's hand and john williams both wearing their labels let's go a good way off said ginger somewhere where they won't know us they walked down a few streets till william said we'll go into the first house round the corner william was looking pale but resolved having embarked upon the dangerous venture he was determined to carry it through they came to the next house round the corner and walked up an overshadowed neglected drive they slackened speed considerably as they neared the door 
"'You'd better do the talkin', said Ginger faintly, with a propitiatory air. "'You're better at talkin' than what I am.' "'Oh, I am, am I?' said William irritably. "'Yes, you think so, don't you? "'Oh, yes, you think so when it's kind of talkin' you don't want to do. "'Oh, yes, huh?' They stood apprehensively on the front doorstep and gazed at the milk jug that was standing there. "'Looks as if they was out,' said Ginger. "'Oh, yes,' said William, scathing but relieved. "'You don't mind doing the talking now, do you? "'You don't think I'm better at talking than what you are now, do you? "'You don't mind talking to a milk jug? "'Oh, no!' "'You think you're so clever,' said Ginger bitterly. "'Who thought of making em slaves first of all, anyway? "'Just tell me that.' "'Well, what good's it done?' retorted William. "'Nobody'll buy em. Taking em to an old empty house, what good's that done? You tell me that.' The argument would have pursued its normal course to physical violence had not George raised his voice plaintively. "'Wanner be a save,' he pleaded. With a heroic gesture and lips firmly shut, William raised his hand to the bell and pulled hard. "'That'll show em, he said darkly. The echoes of the bell died slowly away within the house. No sound of human habitation broke the tense silence on the front doorstep. "'Well,' said William weakly, "'that's shown him anyway.' Then he peered suddenly into the milk jug. "'Crumbs!' he exclaimed. "'A bob!' Slowly he withdrew the coin and turned his eyes towards the twins. "'It'll just pay for em, he said. "'They're cheap today.' ginger was taken aback but but you don't know they want em want em of course they want em said william scornfully anybody'd want em two slaves cheap at that i bet they'd have fetched pounds and pounds in historical times it's only cause they're a bit out of fashion that they've been sold at sixpence halfpenny at this moment a milk-boy appeared staggering up the drive and william hastily put the coin into his pocket "'Hello, kids,' said the milk-boy. At other moments William might have made a practical protest against the appellation, but he felt his present position to be too precarious for active aggression. He merely replied coldly, "'Hello, milky.' "'If you belong here,' went on the milk-boy cheerfully, having filled the jug, "'tell them they forgot the money. So long. Be good.' With a certain relief, they watched his figure disappear round the gateway. John at once raised his voice. "'Wanner be a save!' he demanded tearfully. "'Wanner be a save!' joined in George. William looked round desperately. "'Here, have a drink of nice milk,' he said. They obeyed. They fought for the milk jug, and spilt some upon their labels and some upon their coats, but they both managed to drink a fair amount. Finally, they put down the empty jug between them, and beamed complacently upon the world again. "'Let's leave em and go and spend the shilling,' said William, "'and then come back and rescue em. "'Oh, yes,' said the twins. William and Ginger went slowly down the drive. At the end they turned round. The twins were sitting side by side on the doorstep, smiling and waving fat hands. Their labels were milky and slightly awry, but still they adhered to their persons. William and Ginger turned into the road. William took out the shilling. "'I say,' said Ginger, "'I, I suppose it's honest?' "'Honest,' said William scornfully, "'is more than honest. We've give them a penny.' 
the slaves was sixpence halfpenny each proper price and we've only took a shilling the shilling was successful it provided them with licorice bull's-eyes two surprise packets and an india-rubber ball in their bliss they forgot the flight of time it was ginger who remembered it first i say he said we'd better be doin that rescue and quick their mother be here soon they set off down the road both walked jauntily as though to hide some secret apprehension hope we'll be able to rescue them said william with an attempt at lightness oh that'll be all right said ginger with an unconvincing carelessness of tone in both their minds was a horrible vision in which the twins mother played the part of avenging fury they walked up the drive the twins were not on the doorstep a broken milk jug alone marked the scene of their parting from the twins their hearts sank yet farther as they surveyed it well said ginger moistening his lips we'd better start rescuing drawing a deep breath he rang the bell again the echoes died away in distant regions again there came no sounds of human habitation there was horror on william's freckled face his naturally wild hair was at its wildest the vision of the outraged parent of the twins seemed to fill the whole world they're sure to be somewhere said ginger still with his gallant but ineffectual attempt at lightness oh yes agreed william gloomily you can tell her that they searched the garden they threw stones at the windows they called georgie and johnny hoarsely and with a pathetic appeal they had never used to those infants before then they turned very slowly towards the gate what can we do now said ginger nothing said william shortly very very slowly they began to walk down the road you can do the talking to their mother said william i was going to do the talking before wasn't i well you can do it now oh yes said ginger with weary sarcasm a lot of talkin you did didn't you anyway there won't need to be much talkin not from us she'll do the talkin all right after a short silence ginger spoke again anyway he said in a feeble voice we got a jolly lot of things for that bob it was a feeble remark and was treated by william with the contemptuous silence it deserved as they turned the corner of the road a lady wearing a tall toque came into sight walking hurriedly toward them <gasps> it's her said ginger with a groan where are the twins she demanded sternly to william it seemed as if his heart descended through his boots into the centre of the earth where are the twins she said again it was william who answered we don't know he said desperately we've sold em we've sold em as slaves the twins left to themselves on the doorstep replete with excitement and milk fell happily asleep upon each other's shoulders the minutes passed by they awoke to find a young man looking at them in bewilderment with him were two ladies one tall and thin one short and fat where do you live little boys said the tall lady george smiled at her here he said brightly we're saves the young man raised a hand to his brow good lord he groaned surely they don't go with the house fixtures or something the tall lady was looking at them with a dark frown it's strange she said there must be some meaning in it 
the young man took out a latch-key stumbled over the milk-jug and entered the hall followed by the tall lady the short lady john and george they can't go with the house said the young man plaintively i took it furnished but good heavens furniture can't include these did you know the man you took it from said the short one no we fixed everything up by letter and he cleared out this morning there's some meaning in it if only we knew said the tall one again mysteriously we're saves said john william come soon good lord another groaned the young man slaves uh, six and a half pence she read out it must be a code they may be a, a plant don't you call it a confidence trick burglar's trap i think we ought to take them straight to dr bernardo's homes but perhaps they aren't waifs said the stout one are you waifs darlings no saves said george and william coming soon i see it all said the stout one suddenly it's as clear as daylight william's the burglar he sent them to help him effect an entrance oh i'm hungry said john his plaint broke suddenly into a loud howl in which george joined their united efforts produced a noise that made the tall lady lean back against the wall with eyes closed and a hand on her head and sent the young man flying into the kitchen where's the larder he cried desperately food food at any price he said he'd get in necessities do something anything they'll have fits or something oh i can't bear it moaned the tall lady faintly the young man came running back with a pot of honey and a pot of jam he handed one to each of the twins and the yells subsided the tall lady opened her eyes and the young man mopped his brow i can't stand any more of this he said i've come here to work quietly if they go with the house i shan't be able to work any way at all dear nephew said the tall lady we will never desert you well, it's awfully good of you aunt he said hastily but i shouldn't dream of presuming on your kindness you were only coming to settle me in you know before i go she said with firmness i must solve the mystery of these dear children she took up their labels again and studied them with knitted brows i've come to the definite conclusion she said at last that it's a code it's some kind of message but who from said the other give me time she answered with dignity i must decipher the code first they all looked at the twins george smiled through a thick covering of honey john smiled through a thick covering of jam they sat in pools of jam and honey he'll make me pay for that said the young man he'll say i'm responsible you are dear legally said the stout one brightly now i'm going to talk to these dear children and get to the bottom of this now darlings who's william william's nice said george yes darling but what does he do who is he william sells us said john proudly he doesn't sell little boys surely said the tall lady aghast george and john nodded their heads yes he does he's not your father is he oh no they chorus he's willem he sells us a kidnapper said the stout lady sharply that's it a kidnapper we must get to the bottom of this we must confront the man i still think said the other dreamily that it's a plant or a code 
do you know where william lives asked the stout lady of george oh yes said george proudly i will confront this man she said dramatically and you must support me the young man groaned it's all like a nightmare he said it'll knock me off work for months couldn't you use it suggested the stout lady it would make a most sensational plot the mysterious children the code the thank you said the young man coldly i don't go in for sensational plots the procession set out first john and the stout lady then george and the thin lady then the young man wearing a set agonized expression and i came here for quiet and rest he muttered pathetically take us to william's house darling said the stout lady to john we ought to have brought some sort of a weapon said her sister grimly vivian will protect us said the other bravely vivian groaned again in the gathering dusk the twins had led the procession on to the common with every sign of confidence but now they stopped want more damn said john want her go home said george we'll just go down this path and see if it leads anywhere said the short lady uncertainly vivian will stay with the children they returned in a few minutes nothing to be seen absolutely nothing it's most unfortunate vivian where are the children vivian who was leaning against a tree his eyes dreamily fixed on the distance roused himself what children oh damn i'd forgotten them here aren't they just messing about they, they were I, I just got an idea when you disturbed me but the children gasped the stout one staring wildly round the dim landscape the young man ran his fingers through his hair the thin lady gave a little scream it was all a plot they've led us to a lonely spot and now somebody's going to murder us they'll be all right said the young man miserably children always are i'm getting a cold let's go home don't be foolish said the stout one sternly i will not move from this spot till i have found the children if necessary i will search all night and you with me they began to trudge wearily in single file along the narrow path Ooh, someone's coming screamed the thin lady let us be brave offer no resistance they're sure to be desperate vivian for my sake don't be rash don't kill anyone but it was another little procession that was approaching them as weary-looking as their own at the head walked a woman in a tall toque at the end walked a small boy with freckles and untidy hair and a dejected expression they peered into each other's faces have you seen two little boys they all began simultaneously john said the twins mother george said the stout lady then the thin lady and the twins mother had hysterics it was william who found them in a dry ditch near by they were fast asleep with blissful smiles upon their mouths besmeared with jam and honey they awoke and stared in amazement at the crowd of friends and relations nice william murmured george sleepily want to be a save again said john want more damn End of chapter 12